Praise the Lord, church. Good to see everyone. And I do want to make a couple of announcements. The first thing I do want to say is that Pastor Scott is on the mend, and uh, so we'll see him in short order, but we have him in our thoughts and prayers this morning and know that he's uh, mending up, and I want to make sure that we just keep him prayed up and we'll see him in short order. Uh, we do have a couple of announcements. We do have a women's Bible study that's coming up. It's Wednesday evenings. starts January uh, 19th at 6.30 uh, in the upstairs room. So ladies, a women's Bible study coming up. Flyers at the information booth. I want to make sure you uh, can get that information and get connected as you need to. Uh, and then there is a 55 Alive luncheon that's coming up in the cafe area on Thursday, January 20th at 11.30 a.m. A couple of brief announcements. Um, I don't know how many of you have been doing this this last week since we launched into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, it's a great prayer guide. I know my wife Mary and I have been able to look at this and observe it and pray it. It's been a great point to connect with her. Hopefully you're able to uh, look at some of those prayer points. And that's kind of what we're talking about. We want to continue this morning with that. And so uh, we're, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 15 uh, to begin with. But I do want to say um, we do have a PowerPoint to launch our message this morning. And I think we have a wonderful picture here uh, of a marvelous sailing vessel. I want you to think of yourself as earthen vessels this morning or, or sailing vessels. Amen? I'm just pointing towards that graphic to help us catch the idea. Steady as she goes. This is a steady as you go. I actually submitted steady as she goes because it's a nautical term. I like the term steady as she goes. Um, I've gotten into a little bit of a habit when people ask me, hey, how you doing? A lot of times I'll say steady as she goes. I'm purposed to communicate steady as she goes. Um, I think it's important, and we'll catch that this morning. And it does have to do with prayer. So, Lord, we just trust again that you'll speak to our hearts as you would, uh, every one of us, have something in particular you want us to catch. To that end, spirit of truth, touch us, cause us to be different for having come to our Father's house here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to point to a scriptural support for this idea. It's, that's Psalm 37, 34 from the New Living Translation. It says, put your hope in the Lord, travel steadily along his path. Of course, if we're here, you'd say, well, this is part of traveling steady along his path. That's what we're doing here. Uh, we've made a point to show up, um, but we don't, there's six other days in the week that we travel along the path of the Lord. Um, and he orders our steps and he directs our paths. And as I've mentioned, we're in this prayer focus in particular, <clears throat> although I think prayer focus is probably 24-7 or at least 365. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And so um, we're on 21 days of concentrated and agreed upon prayer ideas that have been put forth. There's power. Just think of every person in this place that's following the prayer guide and that on every day, the date of every day, that is designated, and we're praying and agreeing on the same thing. There's a lot of potential, a lot of power when we say amen and put our agreement on those prayer points. And so uh, many churches and organizations and people begin the new year pressing in to hear from the Lord. This has been common over the years, has it not? A lot of churches will say we're launching the new year 
with prayer and fasting, not uncommon, this is very apropos for us to do, to hear from the Lord, to make contact, to kind of get centered as we launch into this new year we've been blessed with. It's a great way to launch, and I choose the word launch purposely. Um, we're in Matthew 15, 21 through 27. I'm reading from the Amplified, and the Amplified is on the PowerPoint uh, this morning as well. And so let's look at it. I'll read here. Uh, after, leaving, after leaving that place, they forced into service a passerby coming in from the countryside, and I want to read here. We're reading about a Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, so 21 through 27. This is how it should read. And a Canaanite woman from that district came out and began to cry urgently, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly possessed by a demon. But he did not say a word in answer to her. And his disciples came and asked him repeatedly, Send her away, because she keeps shouting out after us. He answered, I was commissioned by God and sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to kneel down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he replied, it is not good, appropriate, or fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the pet dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even the pet dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the young master's table. And we'll stop there for just a moment. But uh, I want to say... It, have you read that in scripture before? Does it sound remotely familiar, that passage of scripture? Uh, that's an amazing thing. Think about it. Become that person for a moment who's desperate. And um, as we just read it, this Canaanite woman, she had two strikes against her. First of all, she, was, she wasn't Jewish. Uh, at least at this time and in this setting, she had something that, as far as society went, was against her. She was a woman and she was Jewish. And at that time, making contact uh, would work against her. She didn't have favor. It was like two strikes against her. Jews and Canaanites had been opposed to each other. And, uh, and it says that she cried urgently. But just put yourself in, in her place. Now think of having opposition against you and coming to the Lord for help. And uh, I think we can relate to that. Have we ever felt opposed? Have we ever felt weight have we ever felt that we're moving through something, we come to the Lord for help, and we already feel like, I don't feel like I'm getting connected for victory. I feel like I have to work my way out just to make contact to the Lord. And it says that she cried urgently. Let's catch some of these things as there, you know, there's two examples this morning we'll look at. One of a woman and later in a moment of a man. Um, biblical examples. But she is a powerful example. And so she said, have mercy have mercy on me, O Lord. And, and she said, son of David. Did you catch that this morning? And so a couple of things. One, the fact that she said son of David, she understood who Jesus was. When she said son of David, that, that's speaking of that she recognizes him as Savior, as Messiah, son of David. She's speaking of the line that the Bible said Jesus or the Messiah had to come through. And she said, I recognize who you are. Have mercy on me, Lord. That's important. She called him Lord, and I want us to catch that this morning, too, as we call out to the Lord. We're not just calling out to the Son of God or to Jesus. We're calling out to our Lord, and that's an important connection to make. I mean, I think there's benefits that come with the fact that we have positioned ourselves towards Jesus, and he's not just someone who I hope is stopgap and can help me. I've made a decision at some point to cross the line to say I do, it's like a marriage. You know, if, if, 
we have bride and bridegroom with Jesus in the church, then it's more than I understand. We've said, I do. Like we did with our own spouse, amen? With our spouse, we said, I do. And so with Jesus, we say, I do. And so, Lord, she, she said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, Messiah. And so we catch that. And then she says this, my daughter is possessed. Her daughter is, is having a rough time of it. She needs to be freed. And, and this is what is marvelous. Think of it. If, if we made contact with the Lord and we're crying out to the Lord and we said whatever we appealed to him about and he looked silently, it was like, have you ever called out to the Lord and felt like it was crickets? Because that woman kind of heard crickets. It said, the Lord did not say a word. I, I wonder what she thought. What, and have we ever experienced it? Can I just ask you, have you ever prayed and felt like, I feel like the heavens are brass. I feel like I'm not sensing contact or comeback. Can you relate to that? I've been there. I know what that feels like. Praise God, that's not a common experience. Most times I believe that he's hearing our prayer. We need to be current in order for him to hear our prayer. But she didn't catch it. She didn't feel it. And he did not say a word. And uh, no answer, it says, no answer was given to her. Okay, so that was another challenge she had at that juncture. But she wasn't deterred. And this is what we need to catch from, she's a model. And, uh, and then, however, her, the disciples of Jesus came up, the followers of Jesus came and asked him repeatedly, the Amplified says, repeatedly, they said to Jesus, send her away because she keeps shouting after us. And it supposedly, repeatedly, they said, send her away. So there was this tension going on. The Lord is silent, and those who have the Lord's ear continue to say, basically, how do we get rid of her? And uh, let's just consider, again, ourselves and her place. Can you identify, or have you felt perhaps as she felt? And then Jesus spoke. I don't know necessarily if he spoke to her. He spoke out into the environment where people were present. And Jesus said, God sent me to minister to the sheep of Israel. And basically, maybe in a way, as she was in earshot of that, she might have thought, that's not me. And Jesus might have been saying, in a sense, that's not you. I was sent. I hear what you're saying. Here's the good news. Jesus began to speak. Jesus began to talk. And he said, and so dialogue has begun. Even if it wasn't necessarily pointedly towards her, there was perhaps a breakthrough coming in. I want to say that. It's very important, and I've seen this before. If you start to get breakthrough, and sometimes we have to press in to get breakthrough. Sometimes we have to stay the course and continue to pray. Maybe we start to get a sense. I, I sense a little bit of the Lord right now. That's when instead of being discouraged and stepping back and throwing our hands up, I want to encourage us. That's when we need to lean in and say, thank you, Lord. I sense your presence, more of you, and, and not be discouraged and give up, but actually lean in and continue ahead. And Jesus spoke. Her response, see, she responded. She came and began to kneel down before him, saying, yet again, Lord, help me. And then Jesus replied. Now they're dialoguing. Jesus replied, it is not good, appropriate, fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. This woman had a rough go of it. She had some resistance. That's a very tough thing to say. Can you believe it? Jesus, who we know is the lover of our soul, Jesus who died for all mankind, this is in the book. These aren't my words. This is in the book. But it, what it means is it's a term. It, it was a Jewish term that 
that spoke of the Canaanites, and it was a term that they used. And uh, how much could or would this sister take? And let me just ask you, that's important consideration for us this morning. How much can we take before we give up and say, I'm done praying, nothing's happening? And I think we do that too easily. And uh, I mean, even the parables that Jesus taught about praying speak of what she was modeling. And uh, we need to catch that as we think about prayer and stay the course. And so her reply was, yes, Lord, but even the pet dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. It should be noted she referred to Jesus a third time as Lord. She was making it known. And she didn't shrink back. She just continued to appeal to him and continued to call him Lord. And I want to say that that's a key point today. Not only that we call him Lord, but that he is our Lord. And so uh, we catch that from her this morning. The Canaanite woman, here's what she did. She shook off what she didn't understand. She wasn't deterred. She was resolute. She continued to ask, seek, and knock. She offered sacrifices of praise. I would say when she knelt before the Lord, you know, that's a picture of sacrifice of praise. And as I said before, and it says, God, with those kinds of sacrifices, God is well pleased. And a sacrifice of praise, it was like the Lord was quite aware of what was going on with her. And she, and, and she didn't just keep saying and praying. She knelt before the Lord. She leaned into it. Her resolve blesses me and uh, was a, a marvelous model. She offered a sacrifice of praise. She worshiped the Lord, her Lord, in spite of it all. And Jesus answered her. Here comes the breakthrough. Woman, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in my power is great. It will be done as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And that might be, you know, I don't know. We're doing this 21 days of prayer. We have prayer points that we're following. But in this time as well, there must be things that we're putting in the blank there are, there are slots that we're filling in in addition to the designated prayer points over this 21 days. And I want to encourage us, keep praying, keep asking, seeking, and knocking. God answers prayer, uh, the, and there are things that go on. And sometimes, let me just share this with us, sometimes uh, when we pray, I've noticed, I remember sharing this at San Quentin with the inmates a lot when I would go in and minister to them. I would say, hey guys, there are times you're praying and you've been praying and you're wondering why your situation is, remains the way it is. And I said, but it's like, here's, we say to God, here's point A and here's point B and it's a short distance. Can't you just answer my prayer and take me from A to B? And I used to point out, God wants to, to take us from point A to point B, the answer to our prayer. Where we see the answer like this, God says, yes, but I have a way to do it here. And, and sometimes as we pray on this journey, it's a prayer journey, we, we come around a bend. It's not a straight line. It's not a direct. And so somewhere around this bend during our prayer journey, there's something that illuminates or is realized that we catch. And we continue on. There's another bend and there's another realization. And we continue on at these bends and turns, even though it's longer than we thought, because God is preparing us to receive and be able to retain and hold on to the very thing we're praying for rather than him doing it our way and we'd fumble it again. We do it God's way and he says, now that you've allowed me to show you and prepare you when you've readied yourself, when I put it in your hands, you're going to retain it and be able to keep it. And this is what happens in prayer 
And so during the 21 days, let's pray with that in mind. And it might, you know, there might be other things in our journey of 2022 that might be more than 21 days. But I'm here to say, and I believe this, and let me pose the question to you. Don't you believe that as we pray, no matter what it is, and as we get past 21 days, as we continue to have this loving relationship with God and ask and seek and knock for him to show himself strong on our behalf, don't you believe that stepping over the line from 2022 into 2023 would be different if we were really for one year of our life like never before people of prayer don't you think we would notice a difference as we emerged into yet another new year amen so i want to encourage us to you know we're hearing that we're stirred we say amen but it the doing really comes with shoe leather as we do every day of the month and every month of the year as consistent as possible you know, even as we prayed earlier, Jesus said, you know, my father's house, my house will be a house of prayer. You know, that part of what we do is we encourage each other, we fellowship together, we sing together, we pray together, and we pray for one another. That's why women's coming to the women's gathering is important. That's why coming to the, the men's meetings on Monday night is important. That's why home fellowship is important. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's plenty of days throughout the year that I'm going through it and when I land with some other believers and we begin to pray it's like I needed to be bolstered I needed to have my hands lifted up can anybody relate to that and there are nights that we're called upon to hold hands up too I mean this is not a lone ranger thing and I'm preaching to the choir because here we are together but of course in between Sundays we have points where we can do this too I said there were two biblical examples one was the Canaanite woman I want to look now uh, in the Gospel of Mark, we have a PowerPoint, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. We had the Canaanite woman. Now let's read about blind Bartimaeus. It's this man in Jericho. I think we have the PowerPoint. It's Mark 10, 46 through 51. And I'm going to read here. Let's look at it together. It says, Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples a large uh, and a large crowd, a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road, as was his custom. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Many sternly rebuked him, telling him to keep still and be quiet, but he kept on shouting all the more. Son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And uh, let's, see, let's see how much further we'll go. Um, they called the blind man, telling him, take courage, get up, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And uh, we'll, we'll look further in a moment. Let's just hold there for a moment and look at this. Bartimaeus, blind Bart, the story of blind Bartimaeus. And he did, like the Canaanite woman, we see some parallels here. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here's one thing I'm blessed by. There's a psalm that repeats its congregational call and response, and it repeats... The Lord is good. His mercy and his love endure forever. I love the fact when I recollect and remember that he's slow to anger, but his mercy and love endure forever. And so he's calling out for mercy. Son of David, and again, he recognizes who Jesus is. Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, consider this with me. Don't you think Bartimaeus had probably heard of the powerful, marvelous, and wonderful ways Jesus had contact with others? Jesus had been moving through the area, and he, blind Bart heard. I mean, there was some reason that Bartimaeus 
shouted when he heard, oh, Jesus is coming, he shouted. Understand his challenge. Understand Bartimaeus' challenge. He was sitting by the road. He was blind, as was his custom. He couldn't see, but he heard Jesus is coming by, and he took the one thing that was compensating for the deficiency he had since he couldn't see, and he yelled and he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. As a consequence, he yelled out in hope, and we sang it earlier. One of the lyrics of our song earlier was desperation. I don't know if you caught it. I'm desperate for you. This is the air I breathe. I'm desperate for you. When I heard that in the song, I thought it's fitting. We're going to talk about desperation today in the message. Desperate. Listen, there's something about being desperate that God responds to. I just want to say to us this morning, some of us perhaps have not been desperate enough. Can you track with that right now? Do you think that's a possibility that we could give more desperation? The fervent prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. I just want to encourage us that perhaps... You know, when I was growing up, my mother taught me a prayer. God is gracious. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hand, we all are fed. Thank you, God, for our daily bread. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That's a great a prayer to teach your kids. It's great to teach your kids prayer. But there's a point as we grow that wrote, mechanical, memorized prayer are less than heartfelt. And there's a time when we pray, speaking of prayer, that we need to pray we need to cry out. How many times the Word of God talks about crying out? Really crying out. I'm just encouraging us in 2022 to maybe take it up a couple of notches, to level up as it were, to level up. It's okay. Fervent, fervent prayer of the righteous are powerful and effective. So, so he yelled out. And uh, can you relate with this man to some degree? He, he wanted to gain a loving touch from the Lord. Just imagine, I was thinking about this last night. Can you imagine? Now, now the Lord was passing by and those with him. There was a movement of people passing by, other people that were along the road. It almost might have felt prayed-like, perhaps. Can you imagine? Just go there with me. If somehow Jesus made his way up foothill here and came onto our drive, picture this with me, and, and came walked down this road and, and walked around the church, came around our parking lot around the roadway, and Jesus just walked, and we lined the road. I just have to ask you, just consider it with me. If you knew that Jesus was walking out in front of you, would you just wave palm branches and, and say, Hosanna, which is cool, that means God saves, that's cool, that works. What about if you had a need that was as great as the man that was blind? Could you just remain silently and say, I hope he hears my prayer? And, well, there he goes. I don't know about you, but I'd be yelling, Jesus! I would. I would. You'd have, if, if we had to fight for position to see him and make contact, you'd be fighting me a little bit. I'd help you get position, but I wouldn't relent my spot. I wouldn't give up my spot. That's desperation. That's love for the Lord. And then I want to ask you a question. Do you think he's any less accessible than that hypothetical prayed route that moved around our church building? Do you think he's any less accessible? He's not. He's not. He is accessible. That's what I want us to catch today. We still can call out to him today. The word of God has many verses. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. What a, what a wonderful promise for a passage to start out. Call on me, and I might answer you. Ask direct, footnote, go down and read and see if you... Call on me, and I will answer you. 
and I will answer you, and I will show you. God says he'll answer us when we call on him. Here's one that I really like. I've come to memorize it, and I want to encourage us to memorize Scripture. God encourages us to memorize Scripture. Psalm 91 uh, at verse 9, verse 14, very important points. 91.2, 91.9, 91.14, there's some powerful points. The whole Psalm 91 is powerful. But, but here's a couple of things that that word tells us that God will hear us when we call based on these ideas. God says, if you set your love and affection on me, says in Psalm 91, if. See, there's something that's connected to it. There's a condition God says, if you will set your love, and I just want to pose a question to us. What is your love and your affection set on? And it's good that we set our love and affection on a lot of things. Recently in a men's meeting on a Monday night, the word of God told us to let all things you do be done in love. We're to be people that exude love, that, that love flows from us. But I have to say, our primary love and affection, to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. God says, if you set your love and affection on me, and then he says, if you acknowledge my name. I just want to ask you a question. Are you a person that consistently, are we people that consistently acknowledge the name of the Lord? You say, how do I do that? Every time throughout your day when you see something that you know God has done and, and positioned you and created a situation, even a parking spot, a blessing, provision, whatever it happens to be, that's acknowledging the Lord. That's acknowledging the Lord. You know what else is acknowledging the Lord? Well, you always have a smile on your face. Why is that? Because I'm walking with Jesus and, and his spirit lives in me. That's acknowledging the Lord. How's it going? I'm blessed. God's really good to me. That's acknowledging the Lord, sharing your testimony. So, so love set on him, affection set on him. We acknowledge him. And then it says, it's fascinating, because at Psalm 91, 2, it says, the Lord is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. At Psalm 91, 2. And then it comes down into the middle of the passage and it says, if you say the Lord is my refuge. So here's three things. Affection, acknowledging, and if you say the Lord is my refuge. And another part of that is if you make the Lord your dwelling place. Those things practiced, custom, and not, not formulized, not a formula, but heartfelt in loving relationship back and forth with God every day. God says... When you call then, as a consequence of that, I will deliver you, I will protect you, I will rescue you, I will help you in times of trouble, I will answer you when you call, just like these two were calling out to the Lord. I will answer you when you call, I will honor you with long life and show you my salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm signed up in the Psalm 91 program, how about you? I'm a participant, I'm forgetting none of his benefits. God said, don't forget any of my benefits. Psalm 91 is part of the benefit package. See, I believe it, and I think you do too, and I want to encourage us to be doers of that word because we'll, we'll, we'll experience the other side of it. God, God puts it there for us. And so blind Bartimaeus and a Canaanite woman were calling out, and the Lord answered. And it says, well, Bartimaeus was calling out, shouting all the more. Now, consider this with me. Blind Bart shouted out, and it says, this is... People were telling him, hey, Bart, calm down, be quiet, stop. And, and I think, I have to tell you, I like the person of blind Bartimaeus because as they told him to quiet down and stop yelling, Bart's response is one that I like. Oh, you want me to be quiet? Let me show you how that works. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All the more. Do you, do you catch this? this? There's reasons it's in the book for us today to read in 2022. He shout out all the more. Do we see the response of both the Canaanite woman and Bartimaeus? Now here's what we need to catch. Undeterred, steadfast. That's where we get the title for today's message. Steady as she goes. Undeterred, steadfast, resolved, determined, desperate. This is a current rhema word for the church. I'm going to say that right now. Now, right now, for not just this body of believers, but for the body of Christ around the world, I believe that, that we have to catch this. That we need at this hour, like never before, a, a new level of boldness, taking a stand. We need to be resolute. We need to be unashamed. We need to be committed. We need to shine our light. We need to stand for the truth in the, meets, in the midst of opposition and pressure. And, and the Canaanite woman and Blind Bart were feeling some opposition and pressure, and they modeled what to do. Church, I have to tell you, if there was ever a time we're experiencing opposition and pressure and influence from the ungodly around us and simply the secular world around us, it's right now. And I have to say, I don't believe that that pressure we feel is going to lessen. And our response has to be as they've modeled. We have to be determined, you know what? I'm digging in, I'm taking a stand, and, and if you tell me to be silent, I'm not gonna be silent. I won't be rude, I will be a gentle defender of my faith, but I am going to stand for the faith of Jesus and let his light shine to a dark world that desperately needs the same thing that we have. Bart, son of David, have mercy on me, he says. It's risky, it's bold, and the attitude has to be, I, I don't care what others think, I want Jesus more than all of that. I want Jesus and what he carries more than all the resistance around me. I just, I just made a decision, it doesn't matter. I got to have Jesus, I have to have more of him, and I know that he carries what I need for situation A, B, C, and X, Y, Z. Jesus stopped and said, what happened in all this? Jesus stopped and said, call him. Get up, take courage, he's calling you. Boy, they spin on a dime. Throwing his cloak aside. Let me, let me touch on that for just a minute. Whatever is in our way of getting to Jesus, we must be willing to deal with it and throw it aside. Throwing his cloak aside, he got up. Whatever, however we've been clothed by people that shouldn't have clothed us with things, you can't do it, you don't have the education, your sin is too great, you didn't come from this or that. You know, we need to throw that clothing off. We need to discard that clothing and we need to get to the one that wants to clothe us in righteousness and in his power. So, I think we need to say, we need to get to the one, I know my resolve and I believe it's ours, we need to get to the one that can make me new. We need to make contact with the one that can make me new. I wanna read again from Mark 10. I'd like to ask the praise and worship team if they would come up as we just have a couple more things here. But let's look at Mark 10, uh, and I'm reading 51 and 52 from Mark 10. It says, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Catch that with me right now. Look what Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus. Here, here's Jesus and blind Bart. Blind Bart gets his way up to the Lord. He has contact. He's been calling out, and now suddenly they're connected. And listen to the question that Jesus poses to blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do? I want to ask you a question. Do you think that blind Bart's eyes were cloudy and milky white? He was blind. 
Do you think Jesus didn't know that? And yet when he stands before Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Here's what I get out of that. I see your need. And if you ask me, I'll touch you. But is it limited to that? What is it? When, when we make contact with the Lord, he says, what is it that you want me to do? We might have one main thing that we want to see realized or delivered from or help with, but it's not limited to the one thing. He said, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All your needs. If the Lord is our shepherd, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So, so let's be willing to, to put our needs out before the Lord. He's not limited. He's not limited. He's asking us the same question. What do you want me to do for you? And so I want to say uh, here in Mark 10, 52, let's look at it together. I think we have it on the PowerPoint, but it says, Jesus said to him, well, first of all, Bart said, Rabboni, my master, let me regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith and confident trust in my power has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. Here's the fascinating thing. Remember where blind Bart started, sitting, sitting by the side of the road and greatly compromised. And after Jesus touched him, he not only was walking by sight and by faith, but now he was on the road following Jesus. If we've been touched by the Lord, we're to be followers of the Lord, following Jesus down the road. We're disciples following down the road as Bart modeled. Go, your faith and confident trust in my power has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following Jesus down the road. I want to encourage us to stay the course on this 21-day prayer campaign that we're on in agreement in faith and whatever else that you're praying about in that time period and into 2022. And I want to close with this, um, this PowerPoint because I started with a, a seagoing vessel that says steady as she goes. I want us to look at this this morning as we, we close those ideas. Harbors were built for ships, but that's not what ships were built for. I'm telling you, church, we are all earthen vessels, and as it were, we're sailing on the sea that's before us. Some of us have kind of gotten comfortable, docked in the harbor, and some of us are even dry docked. God is saying to us, untie from the harbor, launch out into 2022, Cause my spirit to be the wind in your sails and appeal to me and I will make a show of my strength on your behalf at your points of need because God answers when we call and he wants to answer us and do marvelous things that bring him glory. Amen, church? That's what the Lord would speak to our hearts this morning. Let's worship him again this morning as we proceed.